Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me for the very first episode ever of Not Your Therapist podcast. So excited to be here. Um, I've actually been doing this podcast for years and years and years, probably my entire life, but no one was recording me, which is crazy. If you just turned all my text messages into a podcast, they would be a really good podcast. What I am is everyone's kind of on-call non-therapist, like when they don't have time to go to therapy or it's just this one specific problem, usually about a boy, girl, or other that's when that's when they text or call me. That's when they come from afar. People I haven't spoken to for years will be like, can I just ask you your opinion on this one thing? So what am I doing? Community service by having this podcast. Now you can call me, text me, and I'll be like, call my podcast. Okay, so what I would like to talk about for the first ever episode of Not Your Therapist podcast, and thank you again for all your support and for listening, is the idea that suffering means the relationship is worth it. I'm just going to jump right in with this somewhat heavy, intense topic that's hard to wrap your brain around. And that's because there's no doubt in my mind that this is going to come up again and again and again and again. Because I find in my profession as a dating coach that certain themes do kind of come up around each other. And I find myself repeating myself a lot to all different clients at the same time. And this is one that just always comes back I think like the clearest sign of it is the amount of memes on Instagram about how horrible dating is and the amount of clients I have who send me those memes as like, yes, this is just the way I feel. And like, yes, this one too. And there's some sort of satisfaction in that. And I just, first of all, want to say, if you think every horrible dating meme applies to your dating life, there's a better way to do it. You are doing dating wrong. And I can say that because I am a dating coach. Dating should be fun for the most part. And I know heartbreak isn't fun, but like it's a little fun and it can be a little fun if you just know that you're always going to meet someone else and you will. You will always meet someone else. We're going to talk about all this. I'm hitting way too many topics. But the point is, if what you're doing, whether it's dating, starting in a relationship, in the middle of a relationship, is struggle after struggle after struggle and just feels like so much drama and so much convincing the other person to be with you and like pressing the right buttons, playing the right games, sending the right text, waiting the right amount of time, you're wrong. It's wrong. It's not the right relationship for you. And and I'm sorry, but there's just this misconception that like, if I could just get him to open up or if I could just get her to not want an open relationship and just want to be with me, But no, there is no if. Like whoever the person is showing you that they are is who they are. And I know that's not a new idea, but it is a true idea. And because, okay, I'll get specific. I have two female identifying clients in my life right now who are both coming at me with, I want to be with this person, but they've been hurt by their ex and they're really struggling and they're trying to heal and they can't let me in. And in some of these cases, it even is like they won't even be intimate with me because they're not healed yet, but I just want to be there and I just feel like if I can understand and be there, then they'll let me in and this is just, you know, it's going to get better. And it's like, no, 
It's not going to get better. It shouldn't be this hard to convince someone to be with you. Someone should want to be with you. The first sign of the person you should be with is they're smart enough to want to be with you. And if it's a fight and a struggle and drama and hello, if they're not sleeping with you in the first month of your relationship outside of like, you know, a principle that they have, which I will not judge, but if they're like, I normally do, but like, I'm just in too much pain and I can't let you in, like, then they need time for themselves, but they're not ready for you. And if you want to revisit it in like a year, that's fine. But I'm just saying drama does not equal love. And I think that is a really hard concept for people to wrap their minds around. But there is no shame and no boredom in someone treating you well. And I think that is probably the most important thing when it comes to relationships. And then when it comes to dating, similarly, it should be fun. It shouldn't feel like suffering all the time. And if it is, you need to take a step back and say, what is all the suffering about? Because the point of dating and the point of relationships is mostly to feel good. And that's not to say that you're not going to have tough moments when someone you really like isn't interested or someone you've been dating and you are going through a hard time. I'm not saying like jump ship because you're going through a hard time. But know that most of the time is supposed to be good. Unless you have like significant life events happening. But that is why it's supposed to be good most of the time. Because life will bring you enough suffering on its own. There's enough drama in life already. You don't have to create your own with your partner. So if you feel like you're fighting for someone to like you, want to date you, be intimate with you, and you're fighting and fighting and fighting and convincing them, there's no sex appeal to that. That is not sexy. And if it is sexy to you, fine, but then own that and be like, I'm enjoying how much of a struggle this is, and there's a reason that I don't want to be with someone who just makes it easy for me. And then that's your own thing. And if that's what you're into, that's what you're into. That's totally cool. But at least with the specific examples I'm thinking of, that's not what they want. They really want to be with these men and these men are making it hard for them and giving them all sorts of reasons and they're accepting all of these reasons instead of accepting that it just may not be the right time to be with that person and you deserve someone who makes it easy and fun. So I'm just going to end with that because I know we're going to come back to it many, 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 many times and I'm just going to keep stressing that dating and relationships are for pleasure and joy. And the pain is bearable because of the pleasure and joy you've already had with the person. Just keep that in mind. Listener question. This says, do you think texting a lot before a first date is bad? And interesting question. Generally, yes, I do. Uh, I just think that texting creates a false sense of intimacy that isn't there. I talked further to this person about this question and she said what was going on was they, they had a date scheduled for like four or five days out and they had been, he was texting her all the time, texting her all the time, sending her selfies and, you know, cute things from work and all this stuff. And I'm like, hmm. I just, I don't think it's bad. I'm not going to say across the board it's bad. There's a chance they could be fine. But I do think it creates a false sense of intimacy. And I don't think, I just don't think, I mean, I'm glad that they have a date set up already. What I really hate is when there's a lot of texting and messaging and no date set up. I'm like, get to the freaking date. Um, I myself had a lot of experience when I was online dating with, oh my God, there's such a good texter. I'm so excited. And then show up to the date and they're just like so boring. And vice versa, they could be really cool and just not be a good texter. So I just think it creates this feeling of expectation and that you have a connection with this person and you put all your eggs in this basket and you're like, I'm so excited for this date. And then you're going to have all this expectation and feel closer to them when you show up. Not to mention the fact that 
what are you going to talk about if you've already talked about everything over text? And I think that rule kind of applies to relationships as well. I think generally in relationships, texting should be saved for like logistical things and like something really important or something really cute you want to show someone. But I don't think the all day texting, checking in, now I'm doing this. Here's a selfie of me at work. Now I'm doing this. Here's my grocery list. Now I'm doing this. Like you need to miss the person during the day. You need to wonder what they've been doing, where they are. And then when you meet up at the end of the day, you can talk about it and you have something still left to say. You're not like, well, I was in your pocket pretty much the entire day, so I don't really need to know anything else. Same goes for a first date. Leave the discovery to when you're sitting in front of the person. Don't invest the energy in your phone and in creating this idealized person in your head until you know what they smell like, what their pheromones are like, and how you feel about them when you sit across the table. So do I think it's bad? No. Do I think it's ideal? No. I'd say just keep it light. Be like, I'm not a big texter until you get to the date and get to the date. So this is the part of the show where I'm going to do some live coaching with a person who's either going through a particular situation in their dating life or just kind of dealing with dating life or actually in a moment of crisis in their relationship could be going through a breakup. The person I spoke to, we changed his name. We are going to call him Neil. He's 32 years old, lives on the East Coast. He married not that long ago. And you're going to hear me ask him a bunch of questions about his background, his relationship, how he kind of got to the place where he is now. And then I'm going to weigh in and give him some advice and maybe some words about how to move forward from here. You are Neil. Thank you for joining me via internet. Do you want to give me a little background, a little bit about yourself, what, where you're at? I have been with my partner for seven years total, uh, married since uh, August, and headed for divorce. Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, real soon. Um, so, yeah, so that's the situation that I'm in gotcha. right now. That's where we are. Well, first of all, I'll say usually with divorces and breakups, I say congratulations. But yeah. I also want to acknowledge that as you're in the middle of it right now, it probably doesn't feel like a happy time. So I want to say I'm sorry. And I feel for you. I've actually been through it myself. Yeah, oh, okay. when I was 23, got married, got divorced within a year. Good times. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm, I'm here. I hear you. When you say that you guys shouldn't have gotten married in the first place and you wouldn't have gotten married if it hadn't been for insurance, is that on your part as well or just her part? Well, she has been my domestic partner for years, probably for like the past like six, five or six uh-huh. years. We had gotten engaged about five years before. I was like, we're already engaged. Let's just get married. I want to put you on my insurance and take care of you. Let's just do it anyway. So we just did it mainly for that. But we were together. We we're going to be together for the long term anyway. So it was like, whatever. It makes sense. If I die, you can have my stuff now. So <laughs> do you think that, but what do you think? So if you were like cool being in a domestic partnership, had a relationship for seven years, even got engaged, you've been engaged for five years. So got engaged after right. two years. Yeah. What about getting married all of a sudden made it? We don't want to be in this anymore. Well, none of this is on my part. I am one, I am the one who is getting dumped. Got it. She had a lot of chronic pain. Um, and she's recently gotten over a lot of that through mindfulness and yoga and meditation, a lot of that stuff. And she is discovering her body and discovering who she is and the misery that she was in before she no longer is going through. Um, so she just feels like she's in a different space. The real issue is us and intimacy and closeness. And she's just not willing to, she needs way more space than I want to give at this point in our relationship. So are you intimate at this point? 
No, 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 not in that way, no. And, sorry, I hear in the background, so I'm just going to acknowledge it. You have a child yeah, together, yeah, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yes. And how old is he? <laughs> He's six. He just turned six, uh, like, last really week. Really cute. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you have a child together. When would you say the intimacy part of your relationship kind of took a turn for the worst? When we met, she was pregnant after about four months of us being mm-hmm. together. So intimacy was pretty good through the first year because I, I didn't know this but through like the third trimester women are pretty ready to go so we <laughs> took advantage of that which was actually really nice um, and then afterward you know there's a period of, um, of healing she had a c-section and, and then some um, immediate medical problems afterward with like a gallbladder and stuff so there was time afterward where it didn't really connect but before she met me she had back surgery and uh, that really incapacitated her before we even got mm-hmm. together so for a long time, I thought that because of the back pain, that she was unable to be intimate. But now I'm learning she's just really not a high libido individual. And um, we just are not compatible. And it's not just about sex. And I think her and I have agreed with this. It's really about intimacy, touching, cuddling, saying hi to each other, talking about each other's day, stuff like that. I'm very into that. And she isn't. So we're just in just two different spaces. And at the beginning of your relationship, was the intimacy more there? Yeah, and I, I think I'm thinking now it's because she was pregnant so soon and that vulnerability there and I was a willing you know partner and I was there at every doctor's appointment and I loved her and we wanted to be together. So I think it was more so that she was pregnant and you know you latch onto your partner during that time. So I think I got like a false sense of what it would be mm-hmm. like because after the pregnancy, she kind of fell back into what I believe are now her normal patterns. My thing is um, touch. I like to touch and her thing is like less touch. So we just don't need yeah. there. Yeah, and you also said that you feel like she's kind of rediscovering her body right now because she's finally getting over some of the chronic pain, but you don't right. feel like that's making her feel more intimate towards you. Is that making her want to be intimate with other people? No, not necessarily. I know she's had, um, she has a therapist, and I know she was sexually attracted to her therapist, but I think, That's you know, pretty common. Somebody looks you in the eye, for an hour and they just pay attention to you and of course things are gonna so I'm not even really jealous or really have feelings about that. I totally understand. You put somebody in a room, they look you in the eye for an hour and just listen to you. Yeah, that makes of sense. Of course, to me that's too. sexy. So, um, so, so I'm not even mad about that. But um, I don't think she has a lot of sexual feelings towards me because she's just not really in love with me anymore. But she does have sexual feelings, just not towards me. So she has sexual yeah. feelings, but your guess is that she still, as a person, isn't as like intimate or affectionate as you are. No, just overall very, I would call her low libido. I'm not, and I wouldn't even call myself high libido. It's just normal. Like normal. Yeah. Think about this. Um, two times a week is excessive to her if we were to have sex that many times she's just a low libido individual that's just Got who it. she is just by nature and so i'm not even I'm not even upset about that so let me ask you it sounds to me like you've gotten the short end of the stick for a while or not been in a great relationship for you for a while why is yeah. she the one dumping you um that's a good question i i I told her before, I'm too dumb to leave you. And I think one of the reasons is when she was in chronic pain, I really felt like a protector and a provider for the whole family. And I think, and in that time, I really feel like I became a man. Like I I learned how to take care of a household and like really do things on my own because she was sometimes just unable to do much. Um, So I think I got a lot of strength through that and I'm really connected to her. And I think um, 
people say that, you know, if you meet somebody and you have all good times, then that connection is really not strong. But if you meet somebody in a really bad time, in a really bad situation, then that bond just grows really, really strongly because you have fought through that and thugged things out together. And I think her and I have gotten through so much together. I'm really, really attached to her. For me, it's just a little bit more difficult to let go. I think I've always thought, and I think she's always told me after all the pain and everything was over and she got through it, it would be better. But no. Yeah. So it's kind of high hopes too. Well, I think all of that makes sense. And I don't want to seem like I'm like, well, why are you so dumb? Like, why'd you stay in this? You know, whatever. Because I get it. Like, you fell in love. So you were like 25 when you met her. And she was, Mm -hmm. you know, this, this big kind of milestone in your life. So it makes sense. And I think it's really interesting point you bring up about getting through hard times together as a couple because i do think that's true but on the flip side i think a couple shouldn't be in some ways dependent on the hard times either like yes you want to be able to get through the hard times but ideally most of your relationship is not that and it's kind of an interesting thing to hear you guys are really good at getting through the hard times and now that things are actually getting better that's where you're falling down and that's true and like you have to understand i planned my life around her back pain which is like i knew we would never go skydiving together i knew we would never go rafting like she was in that bad Mm -hmm. condition and when she would be home with my son she would just lay on the couch all day because she just could not like could not Mm -hmm. get up so um and i modified a lot of things that i wanted based around how her life was going to be and we thought like we literally would talk about do you think you're going to be in a wheelchair like in your early 40s and uh think yeah the hardship and and knowing that you're going to and planning to go through those things with somebody is it's difficult to let go yeah but i think she knows more what she wants and i think i annoy her now more than anything which is what can you do you can't make yourself not annoying you just you just are who you are so um but like and the thing is i'm really reasonable because i've been annoyed by ex-girlfriends so i know how she feels (laughs) right now like i i really get that feeling where you're just like get away from me so i get it so i'm not it's like, I can't be mad at her because she's just a human. You just are so it's like, I, the I, most <laughs> understanding, forgiving person I have ever encountered. <laughs> it's like, I have those same feelings. What can yeah, I, I mean, we've all we've all gotten to that point where we're like, I know this person loves me. They treat me really well. I should love them back. And I just don't. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, good for her for being honest and not like dragging it on too much longer, if that's how she's feeling. Uh, I think I've heard that you you experimented a little bit with having like more of an open relationship to see if you could still stay together kind of for the insurance and the kid and and be able to get your needs met elsewhere how was that how did that work when she was in a really bad place and like say we weren't having sex we're probably having sex like twice Mm -hmm. a year like once every nine months at this Mm -hmm. point so then we uh talked about it just for the like the sake of me staying in the relationship is this something i can do and uh, then we had the discussion and then it was yes. And I explored it and I hated it. And I just wanted to come back home. And like, I just hate, I hated it. What did you hate it. about I it? it. So, like, I, what did you that? hate? I, the, the emptiness of it, the, you know, I, so I used to think like, when I used to argue with her earlier in our relationship, like we don't have sex, we don't have sex, we don't have sex. It was never really sex, it was always intimacy. Like we're not close is what I was really yelling. Um, and, doing that doesn't make me any closer to my goal of being close with her it just it was an outlet it was essentially masturbation with another person right. so it's it's like it was no no connection and i realized when you're doing it you're, you're looking i'm looking for connection i'm not looking just to get get off it just it was so silly to me so 
I think now I have really kind of weird views of sex because I either was denied sex from somebody I really wanted sex from or I had sex with people I didn't really want to have sex with. Not that I was like raped or anything, I'm not, nothing like that. I was just, you know, I still did it as an active participant. I wanted to do it in those moments, but after you're just like, still the same. I want to go home. I want to go lay next to her. I want to rub her back and make her feel good. And I want to just, it's just, we just want to go home. So it was never really um, something I cared for. And I realized um, I never really wanted it. I only really wanted it for the sake of staying in this relationship. I would have never asked for it otherwise. I've never even considered it in any other relationship I've ever been in. So um, it was another compromise I was willing to just put myself through for her and her comfort. But yeah, yeah I mean, I think it's going to be interesting, right? Because like right now you're so, and this might just be who you are as a person, but you're so understanding and kind and forgiving. And I will be interested to see if as you two make your separation, if any kind of anger comes up for you, because I would say you deserve to be a little angry. Not that, I mean, I, I just think of anger as a very... I. I... I cry all the time. Aww. So I'm, this is this is me having a conversation with you now. But like, you'll catch me, Daddy. like, oh my kid, my kid's gonna me. One sec. Um, so like, you might like I said earlier, you might catch me at the Walgreens parking lot just crying. Like I cry. I think that's great. Because I don't want this. I'm not interested. Like this is not something that I right. wanted. She had to she had to lay the hammer down, and I'm kind of happy that she did because like, why would you want to be with somebody who doesn't right. love you? Or like. I mean, she loves me, but like, why would you want to be with somebody who doesn't like, well, is not like in love with you and want to, wants to do acts of service for you and be there for you and hear about your day and like, why, why, what's the purpose? So, um, yeah, I, is there room for anger? I guess. But I hear you. I mean, like there's a, I two know. schools of thought, like anger is covering up for sadness so behind right. all anger is sadness. So if you're already at the sadness, maybe that's a good thing. You're mourning it. Yeah, you're there, and that's good. It's, I, I don't. It's not like I, I like. Oh my god, I want somebody else. I want. Like, I want this person. But like, I have to get over the fact that the dream that I had, and we have. If you want to get into this, we can. But like, my childhood was very broken. So I think I've always been trying to build this idea of this family. Right. Um, where we stay together, like the parents stay together and you just like thug it out together no matter what. And um, I have to just realize that that dream is like a dead dream. It's not a dead dream. It's not with this person. It's not a dead dream. It feels But the thing is that like marriage staying together is good and ideally it's it's good for the child but it's not good for the child if the parents don't have a good relationship for them to look at and if there's a lot of anger sadness resentment unspoken whatever in the household that's going to be just as damaging to the child and i have no doubt that like if you split up and you live apart you're still going to both be very active parents but you'll both be probably a lot happier and i know it's hard to imagine this right now but you will especially because you've been with her so long and you've been with her since you were relatively young you will meet someone who is compatible with you affection intimacy sexually like who will also let you take care of them because you obviously take pride in doing that but you don't like you have more value than just a caretaker and you deserve to be taken care of as well. It's funny because like I talk to a lot of women who are caretakers and become the caretaker in their relationship. And I'm like, you don't know that it makes 
a man feel good to be able to take care of you and that men actually feel stronger from doing that and you're living proof of that but so i would say to you the opposite of like it might feel really good to let someone actually give back and take care of you as well and that might be a level of intimacy you aren't even aware that you're going to enjoy but you will and then you'll have your child because you always have your child you'll still hopefully have an amicable relationship with your ex and you'll have someone who can meet your needs in all those other ways. And you deserve that. Like, you don't have to give up that in order to have the dream of a family. You just, you caught me, like, on, like, the, like, right in the beginning, too, where you just have, like, no hope. Yeah. Like, I'll text my friend Chris, and I'll be like, just, please, just tell me I'm not going to be alone forever. Because this is, like, one of those days where you're like, what can I do to change this? What can I do to make this better? And it, yeah, you, I mean, it sounds um, like you've done beyond what was called for and you've tried everything you went there you tried the open relationship you've had a lot of communication which i think is good because a lot of people would kind of suffer through without trying any of that stuff and then either be together for 50 years hating each other or have it all blow up or whatever and you guys have really tried and all i can say from the outside world is you will find someone and you will i mean you're gonna this is gonna be a long and painful process you were together for a long time she was your first for a lot of things you have a child together you have a bond um and the first few women you go on dates with or date or have relationships with or sleep with might feel a little empty you might cry you might come home and be like i knew it i knew i'm never gonna find anyone but you will like you're a generous kind warm giving caretaking person who loves affection like i can name you right now 47 women who are looking for you like who want what you have to offer and staying in something because it's what you're used to and you just don't believe there's anything else out there that's just you know sad and it's not true it's not real like there's so many people out there i would say it's probably especially hard that you're still living together because that could definitely make you feel like, well, it's over, but I still see her and reminded of her every day. We, we just made arrangements. She's actually moving on. Um, wow. That's huge. Congratulations. Yeah. I will say congratulations. Yikes. It's going to be yeah. freaking hard <laughs> and sad. I'm not going to lie to you about that. And like, uh, you should take some time to mourn as you have and allow yourself to cry. And don't try and force yourself to date right away. But I will say, don't make the mistake I think a lot of people make of like, well, I'm just not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Sometimes you have to go before you're ready. And you just have to force yourself out the door and force yourself to meet a new person. And the first 5, 10, 15 might just reinforce your idea that you're never going to find someone else. And you might be like, this is terrible. I hate this. They don't get me. They don't know me. And then the 16th or 17th person will be like, oh, my God, I didn't know. I didn't know I didn't have to be unhappy. Like, I think people get into a real dangerous place of thinking a relationship is only real or real love if it's difficult and if it's hard and if every day is a struggle and every day is a fight or convincing someone to love them or whatever it is. And when you find someone that it, and you will, when you find someone that it's easy, you're going to be like, what? Like, it could, this is, it can be like this. Like, And it is not boring to be treated well. And it is not not love to be treated well. Wow. And sex and intimacy is not better when you have to beg for it. I know. (laughs) (laughs) 
oh man you're like in my my mind yeah <laughs> but it's true and i know like you're gonna go through days where you're sad you're probably gonna have some angry days which is good and i encourage because anger is active um and then you're gonna have days where you're like blissful happy you're gonna date some girls that you're like yes and then they don't like you like you're gonna go through all of it and the the tough thing is gonna be that a lot of people went through this kind of stuff when they were in their 20s so you're gonna be kind of like catching up on all that dating that you hear about which i'll be here for you talk you through those things that you know but i have no doubt in my mind that there are multiple people out there who will appreciate you for all that you are and will be ready to meet you right at your level. And like you have to be willing to let them take care of you the way that you take care of them. Yeah, I'm nervous about that as well. Just letting people in at this point because I don't want to feel like this ever. That's remind yourself of that. You don't want to feel like this. And part of that is not staying in this. Because as we can see, like, it's easy to be like, it's going to get better when, when she's not sick, when she's not pregnant, when this, when that, that happens in a lot of relationships. And at a certain point, I think seven years is good to be like, I don't think it is going to change. And you're young. You shouldn't really have to build your life around someone else. I mean, whoever you fall in love with, they might have their own issues. And yeah, you might have to compromise and build your life around that. But, but to think that my life... And the kind of love and intimacy that I want just isn't possible because of the person I'm with. Like, that's not, that's never the case. And that's just so important to a relationship that no matter how much you love someone, like, that is not enough if the other things are not there, if it's not reciprocal. And when you take care of someone, they need to take care of you back the same amount. Even if you don't need it health-wise, you need it emotionally, you need it intimately affectionately they should be able to give you back what you're putting out and giving to them right right this is a good thing she did you a favor honestly because you're right you probably would have stuck it out because that's the person you are ever i would have never left ever i know me yeah you don't you really don't think that you deserve to have sex a lot I'm like I'm at the so like I'm at the level now where I'm starting to think it because it's just been a, like a rough like six weeks so like I'm finally at the point where I'm like like when you like you were saying you have an angry day and you're like I don't deserve this and I'm like and you get mad and then I'll kind of regress and I'll be like oh no I just I'm gonna be no. alone so it's like a it's a battle you yeah know? it is and it's like mourning anything is a process so. You're going to have denial days, angry days, sad days, happy days. Like probably the first time you have sex with someone else for real or the first time you have intimacy with someone else, you're going to have some weird guilt and some tears and some like, who is this stranger? This isn't my person. And that's all totally normal. It's like burning through Mm -hmm. fat. You know, it's just having to go through all those different phases and coming out on the other side. And seven years is a long time to get through, especially when it's the mother of your child. But you just have to trust that, like, she did do a favor for you. And you do deserve that happiness, just like she does. You both deserve to be with someone that wants the same things you want. And that's totally possible. And, you know, you've just stuck with it because you're such a good, kind, forgiving person. But like I said, I think it's dangerous that a lot of people think that a relationship proves itself through difficult times. I think a relationship also proves itself through good times because 
plenty of people are much better in bad situations than they are in good situations. And if you're right, having to right, go right. through drama to keep the relationship alive, that's not a good relationship. It should be mostly I good know. times. I agree. I agree. And that's what I'm looking yeah. for. Now. And life is hard enough. So, you don't yeah. have to look for the suffering. You don't have to chain yourself to someone that's not making you happy. You can do what right. you can do to be happy and be in a happy relationship. The suffering, there there will still be sickness and hard things and money <laughs> and all that. You don't have to go looking for it. But you know, like if you have the good times, then you always know those are there as opposed to always knowing the bad times are there. You know, you don't. Right. Right. Like a relationship is just as worthy if it's happy and pleasant. More worthy, probably. <laughs> that is, a, it's a very strange concept to me at this point, but I'm looking forward to whatever life brings. Well, well and I would love to talk to you as you move forward through this, because I'm sure you'll have lots of fun experiences with the new dating climate out there. And I'd love to hear how that's going for you and answer your questions because it's going to be new. It's going to be different. It's going to be weird. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be very, very... And weird. you might get your very, heart broken weird, a few I, more times, and that's okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's good to hear... Like, I'm, I'm glad that... Because I haven't heard anybody say that, and it's good to hear that it's just not going to be no. easy. Because, like, I think I have this, like, the next one is going to be the one, and you don't... It's good that you, you want to prep me and just make sure I know, no, it's still going to be rough out there, so... Prepare. It's going to be rough. It's going to be fun, too. You're going to have days where you're like, this is amazing... I never want to have a girlfriend again. And then you're going to have days where you're like, I hate this. I just want someone who cares about how my day was. And you'll go through all of it. And it's all worthwhile. But you have to have those experiences. And, you know, the heartbreak is part of it. And going through that several more times is just going to make things more and more clear for you. But just not letting that send you back into like, oh, my God, it's always like this. And also, if the first person you go on dates with is amazing, you need to check yourself and not immediately jump into another relationship. <laughs> right. Because right, I feel right. like you're not someone that is in danger of like not committing. You're definitely in danger of like, I'll take this hot mess. No problem. Yeah. You need money. You need whatever. I'll do it. I'll do it. And you're just going to be like, I found another one. I did it. I can take care of somebody. And it's like, oh man, you have more value than taking care of someone. You deserve someone who can take care of you back for sure. Yikes. Wow, so good. don't get into another relationship, at least for like a year, I would say. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that probably makes a lot yeah. of sense. I would give yourself give plenty of time. time for your friends, your family, your kid, right. your career, and like being intimate with whoever you want with protection, of course. Um, of course. <laughs> and just, you know, obviously, if you fall head over heels in love right away, no one's going to stop you because no one can. But I would just right. be aware. And I would just know that, you know, you're going to get into another relationship. You don't need to rush it. And you don't need to always be the one taking care of somebody else. I would love to call. To I would love that. That future. would be amazing. That would be awesome. I really appreciate it. And thank you for talking to me and being so honest and open and vulnerable. And I definitely want to hear how it's going. And you're going to be great. Monday's going to be terrible. It's going to suck. Make sure you have friends lined up. Order pizza, drink beer, whatever. Take care of yourself. Right. Go to the gym, watch movies, right. cry. Right. Surround yourself with people who love you. You're going to get so laid. <laughs> you heard it here first. So if anyone on the East Coast wants a piece of this, let me know. I will officially take care of it. All the East Coast. On the East Coast. Someone on the East Coast. We're not doing yes. long distance. Unless you come visit. And then, you know, I could hook you up out here. No problem. 
Okay. Okay, great. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you. Bye. And now for just the tip, a dating tip. Um, Today I want to talk about flirting on a date. This is kind of a lost art. And I'm just going to give you one tip for it because I have a lot more to say, but just one tip. You have to make physical contact. I know it seems simple and obvious, but you'd be surprised how many people don't. I would recommend rather than sitting across from each other, sit at a bar, sit in a corner booth, sit if it isn't across from each other situation, if you can move around to the other side and just be like, sorry, it feels too formal when we sit across from each other. I don't want this to feel like a job interview. Call it out and change your position. Bring your chair closer. Just get close. And then, this is like a combo tip, and then uh, touch them. Touch the other person. I know, guys. Crazy. Crazy, but do it. Touch them. If it helps, think of they're your phone, Uh, because we love touching our phones. Touch them three times through the course of the date, each time for four seconds, so they know it's not a mistake. Good places to touch are the arm, the kneecap, the shoulder, the back, the small of the back. All really good. Or the hand. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. And then I just like put my hand on your hand. Or like, oh my God, no way. Just put my hand on your hand. Or grab. They're like, oh, you're joking. They told such a funny story. Hand on the knee. I'm not saying like up near the crotch, although that's another tip we'll talk about another time for other results. Um, for this, just get close, call it out, and then make sure you touch them. And as I'll talk about in the future, I didn't ask you if you were into them or not. I just told you to do it.